Craig Hostetler, and I want to welcome you to the Black Sheep Experience. Thank you for hanging out with me on the podcast, man. I uh, I really appreciate you spending your time here, so thank you for that. Uh, I have a guest today on the podcast, somebody that I've had on several times before. Um, he's a really great friend, man. He is... Um, a great individual to bounce ideas off of, um, Truth Seeker. Now, if you've not um, heard him before on the podcast or you're not familiar with him, you're going to be really pleasantly surprised. You're really going to enjoy the podcast. And for those of you that have that are familiar with Truth Seeker or have heard him before, you already know it's going to be a great conversation. He's a very expanded dynamic individual and I always love uh, the conversations that he and I have and so um, but before we get into that let me let me real quickly say uh, to those of you that spend your time with this podcast to those of you that have connected uh, with the black sheep experience on Facebook Instagram and Twitter um, how much I deeply appreciate your involvement um, your own personal expansion and evolution um, and, and I want to thank you for those of you that, that connect in that way, for those of you that spend your time here, those of you that have shared the podcast with family and friends and, and on your own social media platforms, man, um, I deeply appreciate you doing so and, uh, and your personal faith journey as well. You know, it's been interesting because my own personal spiritual evolution is beginning to take some shape and form right now. Uh, you know, as we journey and as we expand and as we evolve, there are uh, times when we're in a very, um, we're deconstructing, right? We're letting things go. And those are very important times. And then there are also times when we're adding to our faith. We're adding to our spiritual practice and we're, we're creating dimensions and we're creating shape and we're creating form to our own personal practice. And I'm really in that space. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be really excited to share some of that evolvement um, with you and you'll you'll hear it bleed through some of the conversations up and coming on the podcast uh, yeah I think it's going to be uh, you know 2020 has been such a dynamic uh, interesting um, powerful year I think it's been I think it's been expansive emotionally certainly economically uh, spiritually, you know, it's been a real interesting time, and and so many of us have been tested and tried in this thing, and I understand, but I I think somehow God is still doing something in it. The Spirit is still moving somehow in all of this, and um, I I'm hopeful that summer and fall and uh, even winter are really going to be times of expansion and evolution for us spiritually and emotionally, uh, really in every way. Uh, I guess that remains to be seen, but I know in my own life, this time um, that we've all gone through, which hasn't been easy, but it has been incredibly expansive, evolutionary, and uh, my own spiritual practice has begin to take shape. And so I hope that that's true for you as well. Uh, before we jump into the conversation, a couple of quick things. Um, if you want to connect with Truth Seeker, it's very simple to do. Um, his name is Truth, T-R-U-T-H. 
Seca, which is S-E-E-K-A-H. So you can find them on truceca.com. You can type that into Google and a ton of stuff will come up. Um, he's got his own podcast. He's got a book that he came out with really a couple of months ago now, and it's called Spirit Realm, Angels, Demons, Spirits, and the Sovereignty of God. It's really a cool book, man. There's a ton of stuff in it um, that's outside of the normal Christian conversation, um, and, and he tackles a lot of those things, angels and elemental spirits and magic and plant medicine, fairies, all kinds of stuff. But he, he addresses it in a, in a very interesting, accepting way that all ties back to um, God, to Christ. And so it's a really cool book. I think that you would gain a lot by exploring and, and possibly, you know, making it a part of your personal library. So, um, yeah, I think that's it, man. Let's let's go ahead and jump into the conversation with True Seeker. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Uh, yeah, thanks again. Let's do it, man. guys thanks for joining me today i um have a really good friend man a great man of god uh a a revolutionary an author uh, a musician uh he's got his own podcast and um just a a a great guest true Sika, welcome to the podcast man thanks for hanging out with me always a blessing always an honor man thanks for having me yeah, yeah, dude. I I always love having you on, and um, it's really um, it's we got some really interesting times that we're in right now, and um, also um, your book been out for a couple of months, man, and um, that's something that I really want to dive in because you touch on a lot of uh, a lot of really interesting things in that book, and uh, yeah, you're 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 pretty expanded, open individual gotta be gotta be that's where freedom is man being open when you try to hide stuff or act like it's not you don't believe it or you haven't experienced it that's where you know darkness comes in and but you got to walk in the light you know and uh that's why i found you know tremendous freedom is just owning my story you know no matter who believes in it or agrees with it and you know we're always you know coming out of religion there's this people pleasing aspect and if you know you're told not to to say stuff, not to look into stuff or whatever. It's like touch, not taste, not, but owning your story is so huge, man. And so that's kind of what's, what's doing it right now for me. And then many, many other people who walk in the light and they just own their story, man. And so it's, it's envious when you see somebody who's comfortable in their own skin, at least coming from a Christian background, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the big things I think, um, for me right now and I think for a lot of people is just to kind of embody yourself, you know, uh, your experience, whatever it is, man, even if it's outside the norm, if it's your experience, you gotta, you gotta kind of own it. I think that's hard to do though, man. I think it's hard to get to that place where you feel the freedom to just be whoever it is that God created you to be. I mean, you certainly that's, uh, you 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 were in a pretty strong religious background 
Um, how did you break free, man? Yeah, so, I mean, there's still levels to it because, you know, even with that being said, it's not about, like, being brash or I just say what I feel kind of thing. Like, even now, like, you still use wisdom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I always talk about how, you know, we have knowledge. We're privy to knowledge, especially with the Internet. And you, anything you look up right now, you can find all types of documentaries and books on any subject that you want. And then you have, you know, knowledge concerning that subject. You may not have firsthand experience, but you have some knowledge. But we have, I really do feel like we have to kind of pray and get our do our, our own spiritual inner work so that we'll have the wisdom on how to share that knowledge. You know, I, we got so much knowledge that'll, you know, blow people away. And, and people use that over people. They lord it over people as leaders and teachers. And we, we even see that in the church. But um, even, it's just about, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I, I won't say, whether it's it's not, uh, it's not going to be edifying or whatever, even though it's a strong belief and it goes against the norm. It's not about being scared, but it's about, you know, being tactful, being wise as serpents and harmless as doves with the information that we do share. But, I mean, being being comfortable in your own skin and that journey it is a heck of a process. And I think we're, we're always coming into uh, a revelation of what that looks like. And we can always take a step back, you know, and go back into the old people pleasing, preaching to the choir, that kind of thing as well. So it's just, there's levels to it and you can easily fall back into, uh, you know, this place of, of being uh, comfortable with what you've created or the, the person that everybody, even, even that far out person that everybody's come to understand, well, that's just him. Like, I'm a bit conservative as well. You know what I'm saying? So there's a marriage on both ends. You know, it's like anything that you say is going to offend somebody, especially with like as a platform of what I have. And I'm sure what yours is turning into. There's like so many people with different belief systems and dogmas and religious upbringings and then the lack of and then other people trying to abandon anything religious, you know. So if you mention religion, then they're gone. If you mention Jesus or say the word God they're gone so it's like you know you, you're going you're going to offend somebody no matter what you do but it's about being tactful in that and uh just owning your story and not boxing yourself in because you can easily like be right back in the same box that you just got out of it just looks a little bit different it's a different box you know yeah yeah i agree with that man i think you got to be you know you if, if you can try to if if love can be like the place that you come from then it, I think your honesty can be certainly probably a lot more um, a, a forthwith. You know, I, you can you can say what it is that you believe and what it is that you feel. If you can if you can do that from a place of love, it's it yeah. is whenever you whenever you have a revelation of something or you have a strong opinion about something, but you come from a place of either superiority um, or arrogance then uh, it really doesn't matter what your opinion is at that point. You've negated it by your by your attitude, by your disposition. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, um, you know, there's there's that too. So, like, we look into, like, a lot of alternative spirituality and uh, different teachers and stuff like that who try to, like, woo you or blow your mind with deep, deep uh, knowledge and things like that on maybe, if it, even if it's the Bible or stuff like that. But they're, they're teaching you all of this deep, far-out stuff, but you can... 
I say you can, but like you have to discern. They, they, they do it from a place of superiority, of a place of I'm smarter than you. You know what I'm saying? Of a place that I'm trying to, to blow your mind and, and will you. So even though they're teaching you some deep, far out stuff, um, it's from a, it's from a, a place of, that's self-serving. You know, there's, it's a place that I want to prove you wrong or want to prove religion wrong. And so we we always have to be careful of that and like who, who we're like what tables we're eating from. Yeah. Like, I don't care what you're sharing. It's it's about the fruit. It's about the heart. Is it coming through in love or is it coming through to be right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially, I think, you know, we're in a time where people are searching. You know, they're really I don't know. um I think people are in a in a space where they're really looking for something spiritual um, that touches them beyond just the intellect. You know, they they want to connect with something that resonates deeply with them. And there's so many teachers out there. And you're right, man. To me, if you look at a lot of the masters, whether it's a- ancient masters like um, a, a Buddha or a Lao Tzu, um, uh, a, the Apostle Paul. You know, uh, ancient teachers that really had great wisdom. It seems to me that all of those teachers had a humility about them that matched, you know, their knowledge base. You know what I, you know, do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, I mean, I think the word that keeps coming to my mind the last couple of days is is, is condescending. People are talking down to you instead of talking to you, and so yeah, those those people that we're, we're thinking of, there's a level of integrity uh, there that that they walk in, a level of humility that comes with it. I mean, the the Bible you know speaks of it so much that pride cometh before a fall. If you get pride and arrogant and haughty in your your understandings or your knowledge or even your experiences, then there you know God has you know things set up that that are going to humble you. It's just part of it. It's cause and effect. You get too prideful, you're going to be humbled. And from Genesis to Revelation, that's the story. Don't be prideful. You know, it's that's the downfall of, of kings and nations is when they become prideful. And then you get to a place where you don't need God anymore and you can do it on your own and things like that. So for sure, walking in the humility and the integrity and things like that, that's a must. I, I, want, I refuse to learn from anybody. I don't want to eat from those tables anymore, no matter what they're teaching. Yep. Yeah. Me. Me too, man. I I'm in a place where I I want you know I crave knowledge. I I do um, definitely, but I I I want it to come from a place of health. You know, a place of yep. heart. And uh, yeah, I'm ju- I'm just done with that. And and not only that, but I mean, <clears throat> you know, knowledge is great, but if it's not applicable or if it doesn't mm-hmm. If it doesn't stir the heart, you know, there's a, we just watched, um, and I don't know why, because it's been out forever, but we just watched that movie, The Matrix, you know? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so there's a there's a part where Morpheus says, uh, there are those who, and I'm, I, I may butcher it, but there are those who know the path, and then there are those who walk the path. And uh-huh. uh, I thought that was so profound, e- even though it's been said, that that statement's been said a million times in a million different ways. It's it is one thing to have knowledge. It's another thing to really live it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and uh, you know any I, and I think you're you know it kind of just ties in. Like if it's not um, 
if we can't apply it to our lives, if it doesn't make us better people, then it's just it, it can it can get to the place where it's just you know fantasy even or you know yeah. puffs up the ego and stuff. I mean, there's just that 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 desire to want to know how things work, but it, but in the end, there's like it, it carries a level of um, I guess we would call it like a vibrational frequency with it, the type of information that you're filling your your mind with what you're seeking for like it comes out in everything that you're, you're doing and you can tell really quick uh who's in it for selfish gain who's in it for um you know self not um notoriety or who's in it to to understand the way for me it was understanding the way that the spirit realm works the way that god works and, and to, to have victory to have influence as a believer you know it was led to a bunch of other things in the spirit realm that the church wasn't talking about and i just would apply the stuff that i was learning to my life and uh and you know the stuff that i could all of the other just far out stuff that you know what's it got to do with the price of rice in china that yeah. <laughs> doesn't mean anything to me you know right right so i've been looking through your book uh this morning <clears throat> and um which is spirit realm angels demons spirits and the sovereignty of god and um, just for the listeners, um, uh, it's been out. What has it been out? Six months yet, or or not? Uh, yeah, October, October twenty nineteen. Time is flying. <laughs> yeah, it is, and it's it's on Amazon, and and uh, I know it's also on your website, with which is trueseeka dot com. Um, those are probably, I guess, the best places to grab this thing, right? Oh yeah, yeah. If you go, to, yeah, just a Amazon really, but it's available on all the uh, the, the outlets. So okay, where you get books. Yeah, so man, I was looking through this this book this morning, which is just a, it, it is just a, it's almost like a reference manual in, in some ways, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of you know wanted it to be almost like a coffee table book. Yeah, where uh, you you know you can pick it up and read anywhere. You know, if you wanted to read about this subject or that subject, you just pick it up and read it, you know. And so, yeah, it, it covers a lot. Like, I, as I was writing it, and I was trying to finish it, but I was like, I didn't, I didn't think I was ever going to get finished because of the analytical mind, you know, and there's so much to say about every subject. So covering the spirit world, I was like, I, I don't want to leave anything out. You know, there were certain things that was like, um, it has to be in there, so I have to write about it. And then I would write about it, and then with the analytical mind, it always points to something else. It's like, well, I can't mention that without mentioning this. <laughs> well, I can't talk about that without talking about this. So it just made it harder to write it, you know. And I was like, okay, I'm done. And I told myself, I was like, all right, I'm gonna give myself a week. I'm not gonna do any podcasts, any interviews. A week, and I'm just gonna finish this thing, get it knocked out. I'm almost done. That week turned into a month of just continuing to write. And I met with a friend of mine who was just like. You got to get it out because if, if you do that, you're never going to be done with the book because you're always going to be continuing. And so each chapter or each I say chapter, there's some some of it's just like a paragraph about a subject. Right. So like each one of those chapters or paragraphs can be its own book, you know. Yeah. So this is kind of like an overview of experiences and encounters that I've had with the spirit realm and then giving you some biblical uh, backing of uh, and even some alternative thought when it comes to, you know, what, you know, is this stuff in the Bible and what was the Bible really saying about some of the stuff that we've kind of just read over uh, passively because we've already, uh, you know, approached it with a uh, 
idea that we already know what it means, you know, and then tying other passages together that we've never read before. Um, and, you know, just shedding some light on that stuff and it begins to just become a little bit more clearer. And, uh, so yeah, that's kind of how it was written. Yeah. I, I, I like it. I mean, it's, uh, it is interesting because each chapter and there's a bunch of them, um, if you want to look up a certain subject, you can, you can start right there. You know, you don't, you're not reading it and then think, well, you know, I, I probably need to go back a few pages to, to figure yeah. out what he's talking about. No, you can just hone in on that particular subject. And so it's very cool. So there's a few things in the book that I want to talk to you about. And then if there's other things that you want to mention, man, just, just, you know, go for it. But, um, so you start out with, um, the spirit realm where you're talking about angels and demons and spirits and ghosts and seraphim and the sovereignty of God. But your viewpoint is that all of these things, um, and and I'm going to ask you for some definitions here in a few minutes, but all of these things actually work together. They all go together. They all matter. They're all conjoined, not necessarily one, but many, many parts making up a whole. Yeah, I mean, that's what I refer to as the sovereignty of God. It's like everything that just works in order. You know, where there's chaos, you know, order comes out of that. And so God is the the author and finisher of all of it. So I think everything has a purpose, you know. And so we like to kind of look at the darkness or the bad stuff or the uncomfortable stuff as something outside of God. We like to attribute it to um, a force that's almost equal to God that we've called Satan or Lucifer. It's like this rival energy or uh, our foe, which I do believe it, it is, but I don't think it rivals God. I think it answers to God. I think it has to ask for permission, and there's some scriptures that would kind of liken to that in the book of Job and things like that. So, like, everything that was created, it, it's, it's a cause and effect for the most part. It's like for us to learn, for us to experience. Um, like, it's kind of like play with fire, get burned. Mm-hmm. Like, if you touch the, the fire, your hand's going to you're gonna burn, you know? So it's like, do you learn or do you keep touching it? Well, a lot of people don't learn. A lot of people keep touching it, but for many of us, we learn um, if we touch it, you know, we're going to get burned and we're not going to do it again, ever. You don't have to worry about me sticking my hand in a fire ever again because I learned. So it was painful, but it was a learning experience. And so just like that in in the ethers, in the spirit world, there's angels and demons and and those things that that exist and that are assigned to to be over certain types of... um, acts and uh things that the the bible like forbids us to do and stay away from sinful activities and stuff and if you don't then you know you're going to suffer the consequences and and there's a being or a spirit that is loosed that uh comes to teach you a lesson and so um there's so many scriptures just about like god using the other nations and stuff like that as almost like his uh what was the his sword even it is a, is the one uh, scripture reference that he uses the other nations as his sword and he teaches Israel with his enemies you know we like to look at it, that as something outside of God because it's uncomfortable or we don't like it but all is God God is in everything in all and through all the Lord is one so I don't think there's any anywhere that we can go that we can hide from him that he's not there in the midst of utter darkness and chaos in the pits of hell that we've experienced in this life he's there 
we just have to learn how to see him uh he who has an ear let him hear he who you know he who has a, a sight vision let him see and so we 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 learn through repetition we learn through experience that's the essence of gnosis is that i can show you better than i can tell you mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. understanding that is this whole sovereignty of how these things are are uh, operate with angels and demons and all types of spirits in between but in addition to that, there's uh, <clears throat> the the line between the angels, the demons, uh, you know, elementals, which I'm going to ask you to, to give us a reference for what that is. That line that exists between all of these things, of that, that those degrees of separation, they're actually, in you know, according to what I read through the book here, they're actually not present. We're, we are constantly interacting with with angels, with demons, with God, with elemental spirits, with uh, the the energy, I don't know, in, in trees, in the air, in the ground, in the earth. We're constantly in constant contact communication, even if we don't realize it, with all of this energy. Yes? Yes, it's in all and through all. I mean, God, in just... Almost like holding a, a a magnifying glass up to to it all. There's an essence behind it. I mean, before uh, the industrial revolution, we were connected with with plants in the plant kingdom, and you know we believed that that we communicated with them. And there's even people who still talk to their plants that help to help them grow, and you know things like that. But it was just seeing that everything was alive and everything was communicating uh, to us and, and with us, and so. Um, Understanding that from like an ancient perspective versus this westernized uh, culture that that is is totally uh, you know what I'm saying so far removed from Eastern spirituality. It's like we have to go back to the East to, to learn and operate, you know, with w- what they once had. Mm-hmm. And I believe with and and that's always been my pursuit, no matter what I've looked into, was to to get back to a spirituality that looked like that of the Bible, whether that was the prophets or Jesus or the disciples or what, like what was normal for them. And as we you know tear that text apart in the Bible and and references, we're seeing that these were you know highly uh, spiritual people. They were uh, you know going in and out of trances and traveling to heaven in the dream state and when they're awake and they're talk they were talking to angels and so i mean uh hebrews talks about how we entertain angels unaware and um i i, I really uh fight to hold on to um the knowledge that the ancients had because as we move forward with uh you know becoming technologically advanced you know in the hindu text talks about you know man would use technology to fight against god or we don't need any we don't need god anymore because we've essentially become god so holding on to uh the the spirit and majesty of uh the supernatural in everything in every breath that we're connected that even as the breath is 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 spirit and as we breathe we're encountering the presence and life of god that animates all flesh all the animals breathe that air and just really find uh, tuning everything to look at everything as majestic and seeing God's hand in it, everything like he is in all and through all. And so that's what I'm trying to convey with, you know, the magic and majesty of, of God in all and through all. And, and it, everything points to him. Yeah. So, so let's talk about a couple of things. I, I want to come back to that, but 
Um, what are elementals? Um, <clears throat> elementals would be um, so. There's okay. So any of these any of these things that I mentioned, there's there's so much understanding. There's so many different schools and realms of thought. So just to definitively to definitively say that it is just this. It's I not know. Be, I got gotcha, you. Right? I got gotcha, you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, you you have the scripture talks about talks about the rudiment elements of the world, and, and the interesting thing is that if you look at a lot of uh, Bible commentary, it's, it's it's referring back to nature spirits. A lot of Bible commentary will even tell you that it's really interesting, but. The elementals are uh, what is known as na- nature spirits, as far as gnomes, fairies, undines, uh, sylphs, salamanders, and these are just different essences or beings that work to kind of push and pull and 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 hang around uh, these elements uh, from you know the, the earth and in the air, and they they help to purify the water, to bring in the tides and things like that. So. Um, the gnomes would be the ones that are in the rocks or in the grounds. The uh, sylphs would be uh, in in the, I believe it's the air, the un, undines is water, and then salamanders would be fire. So those are the elements, and believe that there's these gnomes and, and fairies and things like that. This is where all the, all the lore comes from that we see about the leprechauns and, and things like that, fairies and stuff. And so um, it's, it's believed that, you know, nature is alive and there's an order for that kingdom and there's entities that exist and they watch over and they guard and they operate on, on that level of vibration. So, um, when you go back to Blavatsky, it gets into a lot more, um, interesting stuff as far as like being able to communicate with them, being able, some people claiming to be able to see them. Uh, one of the, uh, um, Warlocks. I just put a video out, just going into this uh, this um, encounter that I had. There was a war, and it's in the book as well. A warlock had uh, I stole something from the warlock, and he was really deep into elemental magic, and he would tell me that he was able to summon elemental spirits from the elements of earth, air, fire, and water, and so he would use smoke. And then he would create these beings or summon these beings and they would embody that element. And so he, uh, there was an encounter that I had where one of these beings appeared to me, uh, made out of the, the, the darkest of fog, the blackest of night that appeared and knocked me down to the ground, me and my cousin, because I stole from the witch. And so actually just did a video on that that's getting a, a lot of views right now. And just, so that's one thing. So you have like a natural order of the elemental kingdom where these beings exist and they kind of have jobs and duties and things. Uh, the, the Kabbalistic would just say that it was different uh, uh, angelic beings that are over the air, over the stars and bringing in the seasons and things like that, um, that do it. We would just call them angels. But to say all of that, an, an angel is just a messenger. An angel is an entity or a being that carries a message. So with having an understanding of all of this stuff. What is an angel? Um, I believe that a demon, we would call a demon an angel. If, if the demon is carrying a message. And so just to tie it all in, uh, if, if a lot of these, these demons and these spirits of consequence, even, uh, carry a message and the message is, Hey, don't do that. You know, if you do, you got to see me. 
right? Because there's a message. And so, um, and it's, it's good. It's from God. So all of these beings and entities exist and they carry messages. They have roles and jobs and duties and things like that. So that's where the elementals come in. Then again, like I said, there's other pe- other witches and warlocks who are able to summon entities through elemental magic so there's different layers of it right it's not just this one the elementals are just these beings that are over the kingdoms there's people who are able to create and summon entities with the use of elemental magic and anytime that i feel like people who try to do that who get into uh, summoning spirits for their own will or or uh, you know uh going out to to get to do things for them i feel like you uh create a a bad juju if you will um it never ends good for that individual you know who's who's dealing with this type of magic and 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 witchcraft to using it to manipulate people Mm -hmm. and uh so it it never ends well even though like my wife was talking i just did the video and she's like are you scared that like people are going to want to get into this kind of stuff because people are looking for power they're looking for truth they're looking for answers and i have to you know see where i was when i was you know, going through all that stuff, and and it's true, but uh, it never ends well. And I would say that these witches and these warlocks that I've met over the years, most of them were tormented individuals. Most of them were, um, you know, they they had to pay for that power, and, and they had to pay with these entities living in their mind, with these entities deceiving them and tormenting them and scaring them and things like that so i would definitely say it as a disclaimer versus hey let me try to get into elemental magic Mm -hmm. yeah uh the interesting thing i think there is um the the difference i guess between you know there's all kinds of different i guess witchcraft Uh, there's even christian witchcraft which uh, i think we've talked about before but yeah um and and so they they do have a deep association with nature, but what you're talking about is actual you know summoning uh, entities, I guess, huh? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, I think that uh, the easiest way to to sum up um, witchcraft would just be any form of manipulation. If you're manipulating matter, if you're manipulating a situation, you know. Um, and so we see that going on in a lot of churches. We would we would think that, the, you know, the witches are the ones who perform witchcraft, right? Because they're doing spells and conjuring. Well, there's a lot of that that kind of goes on in the church realm for people using magic, if you will. Words are magic for their own selfish gain. And so that I believe that that's where witchcraft or something like that would come in and, and, and be negative is when you use it to get over on some someone to uh to trick someone and things like that so we see a lot of that going on in the church with different doctrines and um belittling people and ways to get people to give money that is using trickery you know things like that in the churches so i talk about a lot of these these witches and things that i've met over the years but some of the people who are operating in witchcraft and using it to manipulate people i've seen at such a high level in the churches because they do it under the guise that i'm doing this in the name of god so just because someone is tapping into entities or looking into other types of magic and things like that a lot of people 
pursue that out of a pure heart, right? They're doing it because they're curious. So I don't think that it necessarily becomes bad. Obviously, there's a lot of dangers in it, making packs with ancient entities and trying to summon up things like that. So there's a lot of things in it. But some when we're dealing just with witchcraft in and of itself, there's a lot of it going on in Christianity. And I think that um, that's what's turned a lot of people off over the years, you know? Yeah, you know, it, it is, I think, too. I, I would agree that um, we have a lot of labels for things, you know. And, um, for instance, it, a lot of people would say any form of magic, for instance, it would be bad, right? Yeah. Um, but any kind, you know, prayer, obviously, it, you know, you'd be hard-pressed to say uh, that prayer is a is a bad thing. But you have seen, and I have too, people pray with a very selfish mindset, and and motive you know they're they're praying either against people they're praying against a relationship they're praying against you know all kinds of things really um and words do have power and there's sometimes there's not that much difference between what we might call a prayer and what a pagan might call a spell because you're still putting that energy out into the the spirit realm would you agree with that yeah. Yeah. I mean, just even understanding, you know, how words are, are power and we create as we speak. I mean, that's a magic. You're doing an incantation, right? If we're, if we're looking at, at what it is, you know, we're creating as we speak and then we're trying to assign angels to go out and do certain things. And uh, we do it in the name of God. But, yeah, it's very similar to uh, to doing a spell or or uh, and we were definitely ritualistic in the in the churches as well we have our rituals we have our things to do we have our uh holy objects and cursed and cursed image uh, cursed and blessed images such as holding our bibles or our crosses or the catholics would have their little statues and uh, of saints and angels and things like that so it's very much uh, similar like there's so much similarities when you look at like even voodoo culture uh coming from like the catholic culture as well there's so many similarities or going back to uh, Satanism and looking at how that's like a uh, like a spinoff of, of Christianity and how they've kind of like uh, made their, their their terminology and their names and their rituals and holding services and things like that is like an just the opposite of Christianity so all of this stuff is is connected again I, I do feel like the beauty of God and the essence of the Creator, um, is, is magical. A relationship with the creator is a magical, um, um, experience. And so by default, you could say that we are dealing with some type of magic and, and people get scared by that word. Like, you know, like I said, words are magic where there's, but it's the difference of what kind of magic you, you're involved with. You don't even have to call it that, but if you are dealing with spirituality, if you're dealing with the divine, you're dealing with magic. So if you're dealing with white, black or gray magic and so um you know I, I would say jesus dealt with white magic right jesus was very intentional jesus un understood the, the power of the spoken word you know he understood the power of forgiveness all of that stuff because everything is magical and i believe that that's the place that god wants to bring us to where we un we see him in the, in the in the majesty and how beautiful everything is you know yeah, so let's. I want to. I want to. I want to go there for just a second because <clears throat> I've been reading a lot of um, I, the past six months, anyway, a lot of books about witchcraft and some from a Christian uh, 
perspective and others from a very pagan perspective. But a lot of what witchcraft has to deal with really is intentionality, right? Um, why you're doing what you're doing, what it is that you want, the, your access to power. And some of it's very natural and some of it's very, um, you know, beautiful really. And then other forms of it are very dark and, and really demented. Now, if you look at the Christian religion, you have those same things present and available as well. So in your book, you talk about Simon the Sorcerer and the reason for the reason that what he did, you know, why it was offensive. And I thought it was really interesting. So can you can you talk a little bit about what the real offense of Simon the Sorcerer was? Yeah, so Simon was hanging around um, uh, Paul and Peter, and he he was around when in the Book of Acts when uh, they they were doing a lot of mighty uh, feats in the name of God, and so they were healing people, and then so he was also around when they would lay hands on people, and people would receive the power of the Holy Spirit, and so they would the disciples, apostles would lay hands on people who came into the faith, and they would be. Uh, um, and endowed with power from on high, the Holy Spirit would, would, would come upon them and they would receive power to go out and do miracles, to go out and do signs and wonders and heal people and preach the gospel. So uh, Simon seen this and, and he was a magician. He was one of the greatest magicians of the day. He seen them uh, doing this to people and it made him curious and he wanted to do it as well. So he goes up to the disciples and he asked them to, uh, if they can uh, teach him how to do it, ask if. Uh, he can buy it from him. He's willing to pay. And they rebuked him and they sent him away and, and said that uh, he had pretty much in, in mind the things of God and he's trying to use it for his own selfish gain, those kind of things. And he went away sad. And so S- Simon, uh, the reason it was they rebuked him and, and didn't teach him is because the thing about it is, is he was trying to buy it. But what you couldn't buy with money, mm-hmm. the thing about it is it is walking in power. And, and performing those type of signs and wonders, it, it does cost, but it, it, you can't buy it with money. It costs with a life laid down to the service of God and the service of others over service of self. And so uh, it's the anointing that, that someone's walking in. So he was wanting to buy the anointing for his own selfish gain, to, to use it to spread his renown and things like that. And so um, that's the difference of, of what we, we, we walk in is something that's cultivated through the integrity. Like it's cultivated through uh, praying and seeking God in the secret place doing your alms before God instead of doing it before men. And so the Bible says that what God sees in secret, he'll reward you openly. So and and, and as far as I'm concerned, him rewarding openly is just uh, is a measure and an outpouring of his weight and glory and uh, his power and his presence. And so being able to to, to walk in that and um, be able to have authority in the spirit world, to be able to have authority to cast out demons, to help people who are going through addictions and things like that and be able to have authority over those spirits. And I mean, there's another um, instance in the Bible where uh, they tried to cast uh, uh, demons out of uh, some some people it was known as the seven sons of Sceva and uh, the disciples were trying to cast out these demons and uh, out of these people and it said that um, they, the demons respond and said Peter I know and Paul I know 
but who are you? We have no idea who you are. Like hell in the kingdom in the kingdom of darkness knew who Christ was, and they knew who Paul was because he's walking in power. He's busting up the kingdom of darkness, doing his good deeds, and so his name carries weight to it. But these other people just kind of seen what they were doing and tried to follow suit without having, uh, you know, the the proper. Um, knowledge on how to do it who they are in christ you know all of this stuff it, it all it all uh it all matters there's a way there's a right way and a wrong way to do it and so they ended up getting beat up the people overpowered them beat them up and actually the bible says it, it they they beat them up and stripped them naked they ran away without clothes on they made an open spectacle and a mockery of these people because uh they they didn't that you know their names wasn't known on mm-hmm. the other side you know, so that's the thing. It's like you have a target on your back once you start dealing with these spirits and once you be, do the knowledge and, and try to start helping people. So there's a level of integrity that you have to walk in so that God will have a hedge of protection around you. And it all comes through integrity. Like you were saying, going back to and integrity is walking in love for all people and uh, and all beings and, and, and respecting them all, not trying to uh, take advantage of people or take advantage of spirits so that you can have authority over people, which is like, you know, a lot of paths that people who are into witchcraft take. Yeah. You know, the when I look at uh, Simon or I look at... Um, <clears throat> The Seven Sons of Sceva, you know, the thing that comes to mind is, you know, what was their intention? What, what, you know, certainly they were, in the case of Simon, you know, really what he wanted was power. And not, yeah. not necessarily power for the people, um, but he wanted it for himself. You know, he, he liked the notoriety. He liked the attention. He liked the, uh, the ability to manipulate. And so... <clears throat> his heart was black, you know, obviously the disciples said that. And I think that a lot of times whenever it's funny because our Westernized ideas, we compartmentalize everything. And so everything God is, you know, is in a good, is in the good sector. And then anything that we're uncomfortable with, we put in the, you know, the bad sector, uh, whether it's the energy that surrounds us in trees, plants, the air, um, or elementals, right? Or um, UFOs, which you mentioned in your book as well. You know, all those things kind of go in the bad pile. But the reality is, um, <clears throat> it's really not. It's really not a black and white situation. We're all kind of blended together. Uh, I mean, that that's that's part of the point that I find. You know, within your book, whenever you talk about. Um, the blending of, of angels and demons, the blending of, of uh, human and spirit. I mean, there's a, there's a real connection. So when you talk about, the, you know, back in the ancient time, when people would talk to their plants to help them grow, that was a real, that was a legitimate thing. That happened and it worked. And that's because it's all one. Is, is, that, is that kind of where the book goes? Yeah. Uh, again, it's just about seeing the, you know, the the magic and the majesty and 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 everything. And um, like we're, you know, we we've lost so much, but I, I do feel like uh, we're going back to it. You know, there's this um, with podcasts and the internet and knowledge and things like that. The, the weird thing is that a lot of people think that they're coming into new revelation. That all of this is new. This is very old. We have to understand that this was something that that 
you know that that they knew and operated in very very well so uh, a lot of times if we study some of the mystics of old they were already talking about this stuff you know and it's in the bible we even though we like to to kind of say that it's witchcraft or it's mystical or you got to go outside of the bible my my goal was to find this stuff in the scriptures and so i believed it as truth if i could find it and that's how most christians are like if you can show them in the bible then they'll believe it anything outside of the scriptures they're not gonna you know they're not gonna believe it and that even goes for the terminology that we're using obviously yep. we you know you mentioned uh ufos and things like that that's not in, in in the bible as far as like the word ufo um or psychic abilities and things like that and so all of these things are talked about in the bible but not under you know those terms astrology uh orion uh the constellations the zodiac all of that's in the bible but it does it, it doesn't even use the word zodiac when it's talking about this stuff so uh, there's so much in there. It's the most magical book that was was ever written, and uh, I do believe that it was inspired by God. And so the people who wrote it were on to something, and they were channeling the heart of God when they wrote it. It's the most uh, powerful book that, that, you know, I heard someone quote it yesterday that you don't read the Bible. The Bible reads you. It's you're beholding into a mirror and when you're communing with the Father. And so the allegories and the signs and the symbols is telling your story. You're reading the, the most magical book. That's that's literally wherever you are in life, you'll find something that uh, will, will help you and help you get through to the next level spiritually, growing intellectually. God knows everything about you and he'll reveal it through that book. Yeah. Do you know who uh, Damien Eccles is? Not right off. Okay, so Damien Eccles is, um, he was one of the um, the young men that was in the Memphis, uh, West Memphis Three. So, okay. You oh, know, okay, yeah, 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 I know you're talking about. Okay. Sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, you know, of course they were, they got out of uh, prison and all that because they were innocent. Yeah, he's but, big into magic now. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So I was listening to a podcast with him the other day, and they were asking him, you know, how to get into magic and all this kind of stuff. So anyway, one of the things he said, there's two things that I tell people they have to do um, before they should ever attempt any magic. Number one is read the Bible. And he said, you know, it's the most magical book that's ever been created. So it's interesting that you, you said that it is, you know, the most magical book um, on the, on the planet, essentially. I mean, it's hard for us to accept that, I think, from the West. But magic is all through the scripture. I mean, you just brought up astrology. Where are these things hidden? Is it all in terminology? Yeah. Yeah, it's all in terminology. And then we get into, like, Revelation. There was a lot of things hidden and, like, renamed and, and changed and, like, signs and symbols. But, I mean... You know, they, they called it different things. Like a lot, we're, we're trying to interpret this stuff through a Western lens. You know, again with dealing with, um, uh, you know, the zodiac. It's called the Maseroth in the Bible, and and we just read over it, right? Or at least we did. You know, read over it, and oh, I don't know what that is, and just keep reading. But it's like, hold on. So, understanding that the Bible would never condemn astrology. The Bible is pure astrology. It's based on. You know the 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 signs and and symbols in the heavens that God have has given us for signs and seasons and when to plant and when to rest and um, when to harvest and things like that and so when hit, when to celebrate feasts and festivals and when to honor and things like that everything is on 
the, the planets, the sun, the moon, all of that stuff. You needed to rest. Every new moon was a Sabbath. Um, so understanding that and then going to like, you know, seeing like the first people that appeared to uh, the birth of the Messiah was the stargazers, was the Magi. The ma- Magi means magicians. Yeah. It was the, mis- the, the magicians, the ones who were reading the stars, were the first ones to appear. It wasn't the pastors. It wasn't the preachers. It wasn't the evangelists. It wasn't the men and women of God. It was the stargazers who welcomed the, the Messiah to the earth and brought him gifts. And they knew he was coming because they followed the stars. They re- they understood that the stars were telling a story. And it was, it was telling the story of the Messiah who was coming to, to save the world. And so they were the first ones to show up and so much more we're, we're learning um is is about astrology like we we really have to get back to it that's what the bible is talking about like and there's signs and symbols and, and coding and stuff as well like the four living creatures you know we like to embody those as as real like beast angels that are around the throne of god but the four living creatures are the four fixed signs of the zodiac the four uh uh, seasons and the equinox and you know the the face of the uh the man the ox the bull and i think it's the eagle and so those are the 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 four, the four fixed signs of the zodiac that are over each season and so they're around the the throne of god which would be symbolic for the sun the sun is making its way through the houses of the zodiac the 12 houses um, very much like jesus made his way through you know, the houses of the 12 dis- disciples or the, the 12 tribes of Israel, all of this stuff is, is interconnected with the sun and with the stars. And so it, it's not to negate any of it because, uh, you know, a lot of secular people will say, yep, see, it's in the stars. And so Christianity, Christianity is just a plagiarism or it's just reduced to astrology. No, it's telling his story, you know, and it was it was it was uh written in the stars since the beginning and so <laughs> you know it's uh, funny it, it's man i i you know? i can't I, I don't it's weird dude because i'm my wife is great at astrology she's really got i mean she's got it down and i i don't i'm not into astrology at all but oh my gosh it undergirds so much of what's going on in the scripture it's inescapable yeah, especially when we look at like Ezekiel's wheel. I mean, the which is a wheel within a wheel. It's the sun traveling through the stars. Where all of the eyes, you have the stars, and so the wheel within the wheel is the first wheel is the sun, which is the circle making its way through the circle of the zodiac of the Maseroth, the wheel within the wheel that brings forth the signs and seasons. And so, definitely, man. I mean, I mean, I'm no expert in it. I know just enough just to do overviews and have my mind blown and stargaze into the awe and wonder and you know what I'm saying, majesty of God. And and He created it for a reason, you know, versus it being something demonic or just these balls of gases that exist way off somewhere in another galaxy, you know. Yeah, no, he used it, man. I uh, there was a you know a meme on I don't know where I saw it, but anyway, it was the three magi and the one says to the other, um, "Hey, I'm having second thoughts about finding this king." Apparently, later on, his people are going to condemn us for using astrology, and you know it's just a a funny thing because that's that yeah. is what they were using to find him. And then, of course, you have the disciples casting lots, and I know we make all kinds of reasons you know excuses why they were doing that but the reality is it was a standard practice for them 
It, it wasn't odd to them to be using really what we would label as divination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, divination just means divining. You know, it's contacting the divine. So they <laughs> they believe that, you know, casting the, the lots, which is, you know, the rolling of the dice, the drawing of straws, you know, uh, Rochambeau, which is rock, paper, scissors. They believe that, look, listen, like, the odds are ever in our favor, you know. Uh, it, 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 it's the uh, luck of the draw that God would speak to us through this. If there's a, there's a decision that needs to be made and we don't know what to, to make, it's like getting an instant answer from God. And so they truly believed it. Like they, they, This is what they practiced. They made huge decisions based upon that. And then even getting back to the the Urim um, uh, um, and uh, uh, Thuman, which were these two rocks that the high priest had. And there's different lore that's saying that the, the rocks would light up or the rocks would vibrate. Um, I, I believe that most likely they were just in a bag and it was a white one and a black one and they would reach in there, pull them out, and it was a yes or no. It was like a magic eight ball. God, what do you say? Should we go uh, north? Let's reach in and grab it. Okay, he said no. Let's go south. You know that kind of thing. And and so the the Hebrews and the disciples, the mystics, and even the disciples practiced it in the Book of Acts. And so it was all throughout the scriptures. The uh, the Romans practiced it, casting lots for Jesus's robe. I mean, there were so many uh, times that it was used. And so um, uh, who was it? Uh, it was used to find out that Jonah was was on the uh, was the one who was causing the the storm to rise up that God was after Jonah and these people were on this ship and the ship was about to capsize. And so they cast lots to say, who is it? Who's causing this, you know, this storm to come upon us. They, you know, they were supernatural people. They, uh, superstitious even. And so they did it and the lot fell upon Jonah. They say, yeah, it's me guys. I'm the reason that the storm is here. So they cast lots to find out that it was Jonah, um, lot in, in the Bible casted lots and said that God told him things about Joseph um, because, no, I'm sorry, Jacob, because of uh, casting lots. And there's, there's so much out there in, in the scriptures where it was used. And one of the most powerful things is in Genesis. It says that the lot is cast, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Mm. When you roll the die, it's every decision, not sometimes, not when we need to make a big decision, not after the cross. It says it's every decision. The lot is cast and it's every decision is from the Lord. They believe that. So this is something that we just kind of gave over to the new age or we gave over to, you know, the, the, the ancient mystics or whatever. But I believe that it, that God still uses that stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I agree. I mean, what you just said, you know, we gave that over to this, you know, this, the new age or, or paganism or, or whatever. And I'm not criticizing those, those views, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, like tarot cards, for instance, I know yeah. there, I know for the, the, maybe the average listener and I got a, a wide variety of, the, of people that yeah. listen, but, um, for some, they would say, Oh no, I, I, that, that is scary. But if you go, yeah. I mean, if you, there are Christians that read tarot cards, and I'll and I'll even say that there are there are non Christians that do it as well, and I've had both, and they're amazingly accurate and, and not scary. 
not weird, you know, the devil didn't show up or anything, and uh, but but they're a great tool, I, I think. Yeah, I think if if they're, they're, I mean, everything is a tool. You know, just like you said, everything comes back to intention. How are you using it? Like, are you using tarot cards to, to like, contact entities? Are you asking an entity? Are you asking demons? Are you asking your spirit guide? Who Like, who are you connected with? And Very so that's good. where the, 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 the source of the, the energy and the intentions coming from. The same way with the as the Hebrews would use lots. Well, other nations were using it to talk to demons and talk to Astaroth and, you know, and, and, and making you know, sacrifices to other gods and things like that. So it's like, it, it always comes down to the intention of how you are using that tool. And I mean, I know yep. people on both sides. I know people who are using something, um, like terror cards. I mean, there's destiny cards. Now I have a, a deck called the tarot of the most high, which is really interesting. But, um, you know, it's, it's the spiritual technology. It's the spiritual science behind it. But, you know, who are you connecting with it? Like prayer, meditation, medit- all those things are beautiful. But who are you praying to? Like, are you using a beautiful tool such as prayer to pray to fallen angels? Are you using prayer to, uh, you know, pray to, to, you know, demons? Or are you using it to connect with your father? So, you know, I've, I've been pretty vocal lately um, just because, like, we have to... Uh, you know, maintain where our affection is. The thing about the cross and Christ and all of this stuff is the fact that, like, Christ bridged the gap between us and God. There was a gulf in between that, that our sin separated us from the Father, but Christ came to reverse the curse, and he brings us close to the Father. He became a high priest for us. Now we have instant access to the creator of the universe that we can come boldly before the throne of grace. And so I I do believe that a lot of times where people would like try to go to demons or go to ancestral spirits and things like that, I feel like a lot of times it's a slap in the face of, of God for God and for Christ that that he paid a beautiful price for us to come boldly. But we'll say, no, you know what? I don't want to know what the Holy Spirit has to say. I don't want to know what Jesus has to say. I want to know what Astaroth has to say. I want to know what the beings that used to live in this house 30 years ago have to say, you know, those kind of things. And so he paid a beautiful price for us to to come boldly before the throne of the throne of grace. And so I think we should take advantage of that, you know? Yeah, I think no. it's offensive at times, you know? I think um, exactly what you're saying is true. You know, the, the there's a harmony there with, you know, or a, even a, a, a almost like a triangular, uh, um, I guess, formation where God is the beginning, you know, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. And all these things can be tools if they're connected, you know, to him. And so it does come back to your, you know, your intentionality. Mm-hmm. And I guess for me, I look at, um, there's so, such a great variety of intentionality. And so oftentimes things get condemned that should have never been condemned. Practices that existed or, or were used. I mean, Christians used tarot cards, you know, a couple hundred years ago, obviously, I don't know where, but some somebody decided it was wrong. Um, they yeah. cast lots, like we were talking about. Used um, astrology, like we were, like we were talking about, and all of those were in harmony with their relationship to God. 
And so somewhere along the way, we've decided, well, you know, all things can't be in harmony with God. But the reality is, like you said, and, and I find it in almost, I mean, you may not have written it or intended to write it this way, but in almost every, well, you know, actually, that's what the book's really about. Uh, everything works together. It's, it's, yeah. it's all one, and that's the way God created it. Yeah, and so that's the beauty of being able to see God in it all. You know, he is the one, he's the author. Everything that was created was created by a, a creator, whether we did it or not. But, And it's the, the, the power that we have is our intention. It's, it's, our, it's our intention because it's, it's our free will. We can, we can pick and choose. And when we, we, when we say yes to God, our Father, the Creator, who, who holds this existence together, it doesn't exist without Him, and we have direct access to Him. So when we use our free will to honor God, I mean, that's the power of worship, that's the power of prayer, that I'm going to come to you for advice versus trying to figure it out my, on my own, that I come to you as Jehovah Jireh, you're my provider, you're my peace, you're my rock, you're my salvation, versus us trying to find salvation peace and other things that are temporary that are uh, fleeting away that are uh you know made up by the you know out of the minds of, of fallen men mm-hmm. you know so we we there is a better way there is a right way and a wrong way to interact in the spirit spirit realm there's a right way and a wrong way to deal with divination right there's because people are using divination to again deal with demonic entities going back to that they're dealing with familiar spirits and there are beings out there that want to deceive you there is spiritual warfare there is an invisible war there are entities that mock that noble name by which we're called they want to see us worshiping and practicing uh things that were sacrificed unto the pagan gods and so there is that at the same time so we do have to be mindful of that the church and christianity is i mean that they definitely have that magnified that keeps them away from all of the cool the spiritual technologies that the lord has given us so we you know we have to be we have to be uh you know wise as serpents and harmless as doves when it comes to this stuff but understand that there are you know negative entities that want to deceive you there are people that want to deceive you there are people who are uh want to that want to use you there are pastors who want your money there are leaders who who uh you want followers you know what i'm saying and they don't care about you they need they want you to sign up as a you know as someone who's tithing into their ministry there's those motives and stuff and so it comes back to the intentions like what is the motives behind that person like why are they doing what they're doing are they doing it for the the furtherance of humanity to to better humanity and to help people or are they doing it for their own selfish gain and the, the scriptures always go go back to that you know yeah, so evil is evil, right? It doesn't yep. matter what way it's presented, it's evil. So if you, and I, you know, I don't care what people say, but if you have a pastor uh, and his salvation sta- status aside, if you have a pastor who um, his main motivation is, I want numbers, you know, or I want the tithe, or I want to manipulate individuals so that I can continue to grow really what would be his own kingdom. Um, I don't care where he practices that. I don't care uh, what banner he practices it under. That to me is an act of evil. 
Yeah, and the thing is, people got to understand that most of them don't start out like that. They would say, well, my pastor would never do something like that. Most of them don't start out that way. Some do. You know, some definitely get into this. We used to talk about dealing with the prosperity gospel. It's like, you know, a lot of the pimps left the corners. The pimps aren't hanging out on the street corners no more. They left the corner and they started churches, you know. (laughs) Um, So, you know, but but at the same time, like, not all of them start out like that. The Jesus talked about how, like, you know what I'm saying, uh, how how deceptive riches can be and the the, the seed that fell among thorns and, you know, and the the cares of this world and juggling bills and stuff. And so people would would sell themselves short and, uh, and prostitute the gospel and things like that for money, you know, doing it for filthy lucre. And so people fall into that and they'll say things and and um stand for things that you know that they wouldn't you know yeah that never they, yeah. do yeah. yeah you know yeah that, you know that's the but, thing and i and i i haven't talked uh, about it because i'm i'm tired of hearing about it really but yes. the the whole uh, covid-19 pandemic you know that we're in the middle of um and i see some of these pastors that are you know they're still having church right and Mm-hmm. I understand people are tired of being, you know, walled up in their in their homes. I get that, but sometimes I do because I was a pastor. I I, I know the pressures. I know the motivations. Oftentimes that exist, and sometimes I I just wonder like, what's the motivation here? You know? Yeah. Oh no, that, that I know. You know, pastors personally who are they're in a state of panic right now. You know, yeah. um, I'm even getting I'm even getting messages from some extreme extremists who are saying that you know we have to, especially Easter Sunday. They were like, we have to do church. We can't let even if it costs us our lives, we have to be willing to die for our beliefs. And it's like so extreme. And it's like, come on, man, hold on. I don't I don't think that that's what you know the Lord meant, right? I don't think that that's a good idea. And so wh- whether it's for their faith. You know, you got to commend them for their faith, right? If it's if it's for that, but if it's for uh, the paycheck because they don't know how they're going to get paid, you know, you know, then then I think we need to condemn it, you know. But, <laughs> but then again, like because they're scared, they don't know where their you know paycheck is coming from, and and they're just trying to trying to hang on. But um, I th- you know, I, I I really do feel like I mean, you know, church numbers are are are, are just. You know what I'm saying, dwindling right now, yeah, and and then they have been over the last couple of years, and so, um, like a lot of people think and thought that this is the end of the world, like Jesus is coming back, that we're about to have to die for the gospel with this COVID thing. It's the only so-called persecution that they've ever seen in the church, and uh, um, a lot of people thought this was the end, and the churches closed their doors, man. Yeah. The church, churches weren't there for you when you needed them. That's deep, brother. <laughs> and so a lot of people are like, man, people are going to be excited to get back in church. I was like, I don't think they're going back, man. <laughs> they find out that they don't need you, man. You weren't there for them. I wouldn't. Shoot. When I needed you the most, you weren't there. Hell no. I'm not going back to your church. Yeah, no. I. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're... It, it just doesn't really work anymore the way that it's set up, you know? And not to criticize it too much, you know, but it doesn't answer the spiritual need for a lot of people. And I'm not saying none of them do. Obviously, some of them do. But I think a lot of people are looking for a a real connection, which is a shame because Christianity is the most mystical, divinely um, inspired 
religion in the world. I mean, we say, not only do we say that you can talk to God, but that God will literally be in you, you know, speaking, guiding. I mean, it's everything that every religion in the world tries to uh, uh, promote. It's all wrapped up in, in, in our, you know, in Christianity. And, And it's such a shame that it's kind of been pigeonholed really into either just a theological argument or um, an upbringing in a lot of a lot of cases, you know. Yeah, um, it's sad, but you know we've we've seen. Uh, I mean, it, you know, churches help a lot of people, right? I mean, they, sure. they really do, and they, there's some of the mystical things that are still like kept in 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 churches, even unknowingly or whatever trances and worship and healing and you know uh, things like that, but. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the church started in the home, man. The true church, the, the true uh, ecclesia of Christ started in the uh, in, in the homes. And I think it's going to go back to the home. You know, I think that uh, this where people are having to do it now in their homes, you know. And yeah. so I, I got born again at a, at a home meeting, you know. So even though I, I loved going to church, I couldn't wait to, to draw away with people and pray at somebody's house, man. And it was intentional. It was focused, you know, and... We always had beautiful experiences and encounters and conversations that you couldn't have just being another face in the crowd at a church, you know? So that's always been where my heart was. Yeah. So um, we talked earlier about, you know, the book being available at, at Amazon and, and that that's the best spot to get it. I um, I know that there's a lot of different things in the book, you know, things about UFOs, things about um, some plant-based, um, I guess, uh, venues of, of reaching or connecting spiritually. And you've included, I mean, really nothing was left off the table with this thing. I mean, I thought about leaving both of those, uh, subjects out just because, um, you know, there was re- as of recently, I say about a year, year and a half now, um, been having an, a, a bigger Christian following. I've been having, you know, I've kind of had to do my thing outside of church. I've tapped into the new age realm, but I've still kind of, you know, it's my ministry that I'm definitely called to those people. But so now there's a lot of Christian ministries who are wanting to have me on their shows and want me to come to their churches and things, you know, so it's a little bit scary tapping into that. So there were some things that I just had to, I had to check myself again. It's like, you know, whatever platform that I've built and, and, and name that I've built for myself has been on being open and honest about my story. I've been the Christian who talks about UFOs. I've been the Christian who talks about plant medicine. But as I was writing the book, there was a part of me that was like, OK, now that we're getting some, you know, making some friends here, you know, when they read that stuff, that's for most people, that's where they stop. That's where they're, you know, they're not going to walk any further with you when you talk about that stuff so part of me was like questioning hey just leave it out you'll sell more copies to the christian crowd and i really had to check myself i got some advice from some other uh uh, open christian brothers who were like no man this we would expect you to put it in there like this is you so it's like i had to have some confirmation but even that like the little stuff that creeps in like hey you'll sell more copies if you don't talk about it you know but it's like something that has the power, I think, to change someone's life and and uh, is, is really um, healing and, and can help people. Why would I keep that a secret? 
like why would I keep that to myself you know so I had to kind of uh examine myself and and say okay you know shake that off don't even don't even question that don't you know why change now you know kind of thing so I put I put all of it in there my UFO encounters and which the UFO encounters go back to angelic encounters right um, and then the encounters with the plant medicines would also go back to angelic encounters, you know? Yeah. So, um, before I let you go, man, I, I, I do want to ask you, I'm, you know, you, you struggled with putting that in there. Um, even though, you know, it, it was a, it's a deep part of who you are. Um, I mean, you know, just honestly, I mean, do you feel good about, about it now that you put it in? Heck Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, good for you, man. Yeah, if I didn't, yeah, if I didn't, I'd be holding back. I think, you know, I look at, like, even this morning, somebody's asking me my opinion and views on, like, Masonic orders and stuff, and I was like, well, you know, I have mixed mixed feelings, mixed emotions, and I think the biggest mi- mixed emotion is the fact that they have something that they're holding back from people, you know? Yeah. And that people should be able to to uh, to seek it out and, and, and get and whether it's information or knowledge or something to help people, I'm holding it back. And I, so I feel like that both ways. I'll just let you know. It's like I'm perplexed a little bit because like in the, in the, uh, in, in, in the new age circles, like I'm, I do a lot of interviews and things. And if I wasn't, if I don't talk about Christ and the beauty that I found in the Lord Jesus, I'm holding something back from you. If I just talk about plant medicine and I, and I just talk, like if I don't give you all of it, like I got to touch on it. I got to tell you. You know, and then on the Christian realm, look, if I don't tell you about my be- the beauty I have had with healing that I found in, in plant medicine, then I'm, I'm holding something back. And then so I feel like that's selfish, you know. Yeah, yeah you know, it's it's tough. I, I, I look at, um, you know, there's there's fringe elements, I guess, you know, in this thing. Like I've been saying one thing all these years, but now, yeah. um, you know, there. I think that, that, well, that, I'll say that would think that for me, it's like we got to hold on to the the first love, you know, we got to hold on to the gospel. And so that's still a big part. It does. It goes back to Christianity or religion, whatever you want to call it. Like, I really do believe in the power of the cross. And I think there's a lot of those people who quit teaching that, man, that well, Jesus was just a star brother. Jesus was just a great teacher. You know, Jesus ripped off the Buddhist, you know, these people who started out in the simplicity of the gospel. Now they're teaching how to connect with aliens, how to connect with whatever the case is. And there is no more gospel there. So I want to be tactful. I want to be careful to, to never, you know, sell out the Lord and, uh, and, and make sure that I'm always, you know, that is, that's the only thing I have. It all comes back to that. Like if I don't, you know, the Paul said, woe is me, destruction, damnation unto me. If I preach not the gospel, so all of the stuff I'll talk about, plant medicine, I'll talk about fairies and entities, all of that as a guise to tell you how beautiful Jesus is. And, you know, you, you read the book at the very end, it, it goes into the beauty and the lordship of Jesus in the midst of all of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't and read the... We, I have to, we have to fight for, man, you know, because, man, and Paul says, like, how, how, you know, who bewitched you? You were bewitched. You were, you were tricked yeah. out of... You know, you started in the gospel. Now you ended in aliens. Yeah. You started in Christ, and now you ended in aliens. Good for you. You know. Yeah, I uh, I haven't read the whole book, but it's 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 a it's a big book. <laughs> Took you a long time to write it, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, it's not that big. It's you know. 
It's big font. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, it, it, there's so much in it, man. It, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I but I, I want to be said. So, uh, so, uh, and I said just, just for my own my my everything that I again, it's it's I'm tactful. Yeah, you know, I I do it to you know talk to people who would never go to church. Mm-hmm. You know, to talk to people who would never um, hear the gospel. It's just like, I trick them. You know, God really loves you, man. You know, it's a, it's about him, and, and he wants a relationship with you. So when it comes down to the essence, and that's what marks me, because some people know that. They'll hear that. It's like, okay, he's just another Christian who is into blah, 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 blah. You know, and so they, they won't invite me on their shows. They see that the title of the book, even the word that, you know, I use God, sovereignty of God. If, yeah. I, if I just named that book Spirit Realm, Angels, Demons, and Spirits, there would be a bigger platform for me, but I added this sovereignty of God. And so there's people, they don't give it the time of day because yeah. of that title, you know? And so I'm tactful with, with a lot of this stuff, you know, even though it does, you know, it's a, it's a weird where, you know, there's a, there's a, a narrow road that the scripture says that we, we must walk. And so it's not all the way on the right. It's not all the, all, all the way on the left. You can even look at that as a political statement, but it's somewhere right in the middle. There's a balance that we must walk and we must find. Yeah, yeah, no, man, I agree completely. Um, okay, man. Well, I, dude, I appreciate you being on so much, man. I, I always love talking to you. We could go on for hours. <laughs> I could, I could. Yeah, man, I love hanging out with you, so thanks for having me, man. Yeah, we definitely got to do it again now. We've talked about this before, so I'm not even going to ask. I know the best way to connect with you is, uh, well, I guess two ways. Google. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so if you Google Truth Seeker, it's Truth, T-R-U-T-H-S-E-E-K-A-H. And that's also the same, truthseeker.com. Um, yes. Yeah, your website's amazing, man. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, I take a lot of pride in it. Um just trying to categorize all the, you know, everything, you know, put everything on there. It is, it is amazing. And I, I can't encourage people enough to go. You've got so many resources available. I don't know, man, you, you're a hardworking guy. Yeah. Well, you know, it comes back to bite you on the butt. Cause I still have so much that I want to get out and everything. I've got like so many courses and teachings and all kinds of stuff that are just started and I haven't capitalized or ended any of them so it does come back to bite you on the butt as a, as a creative i address that a lot though that the the you know going through these struggles as a creative and creating stuff you know i got so much that i started but i haven't i probably got 17 projects open and they're all just like barely cracked open well i i um so i have a book that i've been writing too and it's it's interesting that you say um at some point you just kind of got to get it done because I, I find, man, if I go back, I, I know you got, as, as a writer, you have to go back and kind of reread your stuff. and But I guess you can just do that forever. Yeah, I mean, I'll never get it done. But I say, like, when I started the book, like, I'm, I'm a big fan of Manly P. Hall. And so he's got the secret teachings of all ages. And it's a huge book. Yeah, like the book is really, really big, and I was like, I want one of these, and so it's funny, like I want one of these for my first book, knowing that, like, that's probably a compilation of his entire, you know, life's work, and I was like, I want one of these. It's a huge book, you know. Yeah. And uh, because you can keep going with with that, and somebody was like, man, you could just do like different, um, different, uh, what do you call it, uh. Uh, volumes like this will be Spirit World Volume One. Just keep doing uh, more volumes, you know. Well, actually, I you just kind of get it out. 
I thought your book, I, I, I actually thought of the Manly P. Hall book when um, I saw yours. I know that yours is much smaller, but I mean, it is, or it is, yours is set up similar in that it's more, it, it's really kind of a reference yeah. style book. Yeah. I yeah. love that, yeah. dude. I love that. Yeah. I had that in mind writing it for sure. Yeah. I think that is awesome. That was, that was a great move. Um, anyway, man, I'm, I'm not going to keep you on. Um, thanks again for coming on, dude. And I will definitely, uh, let's, let's do this again soon. All right, brother. Sounds good. All right. Hang on, hang on the line for just a second and, uh, everybody else, I'll catch you on the other side of the music. Hey guys, what a great conversation it was, man. I hope that you truly enjoyed it and that it was beneficial to you. Um, True Seek is always a guy that speaks his mind. Um, he's very honest about where he's at. He's very honest about his experiences and where his heart is. And I, I always love that, man. Uh, you know, the, the cool thing, every time we have a conversation on the mic and off the mic, he's always very open. He's always very available. And there are no topics, right, that are that are off the table. So I really dig that. I love that. He's been a person that I've really been able to um, run ideas by and get very honest uh, answers, you know, ideas about magic or witchcraft or um, some of the mystery schools or heaven and hell, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter, man. He's always open for the conversation. Uh, true seeker, man. I love you, dude. I appreciate you so much, uh, for just being that friend, man, that, uh, any conversation is a good one, right? Um, we all need, we all need those kind of people. So anyway, guys, uh, thank you so much. Again, you can catch Truthseeker at Truthseeker.com. You can find his book on Amazon. You can find it on his own website. And uh, yeah, grab that thing, man. It's really good. Uh, And additionally, guys, thanks once again for being a part of this evolution, for being a part of this move, for um, being a part of this momentum that we're all involved in. And uh, I will catch you guys next time. All right? God bless you guys. Done. (laughs) 